Good morning, storehouse. I said good morning, storehouse. On this beautiful wintry day, right? I I walk around, I sell the scarves and the sweaters and like the the long socks. Everybody's all, ooh, it's winter. It's 65, guys. Take it easy. Yeah, I was 44 this morning, warmed, warmed up a little bit. So again, good morning. My name is Ruben, and uh, how many of you here were here last week? Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, I got to preach last week. Pastor Marco was out of town, and then this morning I saw him walking in, and I asked him, I said, hey, are you ready? And he just laughed, like, I'm preaching here again today. So uh, excited to be here. Uh, if, you, if you're not familiar with me, if, if uh, you didn't hear my in- intro last week, I am... Uh, we, we go to church at Logos Community in Harlingen. We moved to La Feria some time back. Um, and so uh, we, we had attended in, in the, the McAllen uh, Logos at, uh, for, I guess, like five, six years maybe. I, I, I kind of lost track of time. Um, I was the children's pastor there for four and uh, head usher. Like, do we have ushers anymore? Are there ushers? No. So I was like the guy, hey, please sit here like I felt very important. Uh, anyway, long story short, um, I am a Callum boy through and through, and uh, I went to Memorial High School, uh, Morris Middle School. I heard some whoops who went to Memorial. There's some people, woo woo. So class of 2008, uh, okay, let me, <laughs> that. you're like, whoa, dude, time has not been kind to you. Wow, 2008, geez. Anyway, class of 1990. Uh, so super excited to be back. Um, you know, last week we, we preached, or I preached on, uh, on this, this passage where we talked about, we defined pure religion, right? I don't know if you, if you were here, but, but essentially we, we looked at the, the biblical definition of uh, pure religion. And as I, as I had mentioned last time, it's really only used, like that word religion is only used seven times in the Bible, um, and then of those seven times, only once is it mentioned positively, in, in, and we see that in James. And it's with that word pure right before it. Um, and so that, that definition, it's, it's controlling what you say, right? It's, it's monitoring how you talk. You build others up. You don't, you don't tear them down. Um, it's, it's keeping yourself unstained from the world, unspotted from the world. Um, and then lastly, there, it's faith in action. And that's kind of where we're segueing into this week is this whole faith in action piece. And my homework, I, I don't know if you all remember, but I gave you homework. Did, did anyone do the homework? You did not? Okay, so, well, the homework, you did? Someone? Anyone? Raise your hand if you did the homework. Okay, I see blank stares. Okay, so the homework was this. I'm a teacher. I'm used to this. Uh, the homework was this, is to be doers of the word and not hearers. Do you remember me saying that? Okay, so I'm going to share, I had like, you know, the, the teacher like had the homework to do last week, and I, I, did, I did great in some parts of it, and uh, not so great in others, and I'm going to share the, the great part that I, that I uh, had an opportunity uh, to do. So, let's pray, and then we'll get right into the word. How's that sound? Father God, we thank you for today, and um, as I share from your word today, I just ask, Lord, that... Uh, you would open our ears, that we would hear. Um, you would open our hearts, that we would apply. And um, this word is probably, this, these verses here, this part of scripture, 
is probably one of the most misunderstood, most, uh, uh, I guess, misapplied verses in the Bible. Um, and it's important. It's a very important part, part of the Bible. So um, please pull me out of the equation today um, and, and let truth be spoken through me. Let your Holy Spirit speak through me today as I share um, and, and as, I, as I do that, as I, as I go over these verses and, and look at the implications for our lives, I pray, God, that we, we are able to apply those things. And I pray these things in your mighty, precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. So we're reading out of uh, James chapter 2, starting in verse 14. And we're going to finish out the chapter. So if you want to follow along with me says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, what faith apart from works, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not also Rahab, the prostitute, justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. May God bless the reading of his word. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? Works are evidence of our faith. Can we agree on that today? Um, here, this, this part of, of James, he said, James is setting up a conversation between two like hypothetical people, himself and someone else, the, the foolish person. We'll just call him that. Um, and they're, they're having this conversation about this question that religions throughout the ages have grappled with. What saves us, essentially? The big question in life. How do we attain salvation, right? So this, this debate that goes on between these two people, there's, there's two camps. And essentially what we see here is we have this antagonist who, who believes that faith without works is good. It's all good. I believe. I believe in God, basically, right? And the other that says works must be involved. So that, that's kind of the James, Jamesian position that we see here. So... Those questions that we're going to talk, delve into today are these. What saves us from judgment? Is it our faith? Is it our works? And if it is our faith, what, what kind of faith is that, really? And I'll just give you a spoiler alert. It's grace. 
Okay? Grace is what saves us. And I could leave right now, right? And I'd be done. But I'm not doing that. The answer to the question James is getting at in this dialogue between these two schools of thought regarding salvation is this. No, faith without works cannot save you. He goes on to say very clearly, faith that, I mean, he just lays it out there from the very beginning. That kind of faith is what? Who said dead? Correct. My wife said that. Thank you. Amen, brother. Mm. She's my helpmate, my rib. Doing good over there. Anyway. Okay. James is contrasting this with the, the other end of uh, our understanding of grace, that we can have faith and no works and be saved by, beyond. No, nothing else is needed, essentially. is like faith is good, and, and that's all I really need. Because check this out. We see uh, this, and people leave it here, but it needs to be expanded, as, as I'll show you. Uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. You should have these memorized. Uh, you should know them. Uh, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Right? So a lot of people, we, we keep it there. That, that's all it's it. But that's Paul speaking. Um, the Apostle Paul. And, and think about that. This verse says it's about grace and not a result of works. That, that we've been saved, right? So how are these two compatible? You have James saying you need faith and what? Works. And you have Paul saying for, for by grace you have been saved. And, and some theologians, some of the commentary I, I've read, they like to put pit James and, and Paul against each other. And actually, they've you know, said that, that, that James was responding to Paul. Like they were like the, theological beasts, you know, going at it, MMA style, you know, we're, we're arguing, uh, we're, we're going at this. Because they say these two verses kind of contradict each other. When you look at James, it mentions work and works. And then you read Ephesians, it mentions grace. Uh, they, they're, they're uh, you know, basically they're arguing. They're having like this, like Facebook thread going on with the world to see, right? So this whole idea of Paul and James being at, at, end, at odds makes sense. But only, only if you forget the next verse in Ephesians. And if you know this Bible, uh, you, you already know where I'm going with this. Because verse 10, the very next verse in Ephesians, Paul writes, for we, has, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Everybody say workmanship. Everybody say works. So are they really at odds? No, they're, they're, they're in the same boat here because he's saying we are his workmanship, meaning he's working in us. He's working through us. He, he's working um, out our, our salvation as we're to do, called, called to do. Um, and we're created in Christ Jesus for good. What? Works, so there's no contradiction there. Everybody needs to calm down. All these, you know, theologians need to just chill. There, there's no argument there, right? There's happy emojis in their conversation, right? Uh, so everybody can take it easy. There is no contra- contradiction, and I'll break it down even further in this next verse here. Uh, verse 15: If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, "Go in peace." Be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body. What good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. 
So as I gave you homework this week, I also had homework. And, and um, I failed some of it. I had some thoughts about people like, mm, okay. You know, I was saying like traffic, Mr. Man, you know, you're really annoying me right now. Uh, other things I, I didn't do good at. I, I did pass one test, and I'm going to share you how I, how I did that. Um, and I'm kind of reluctant to tell you the story when I, when I do something good that, you know, glorifies and honors God like by helping others or donating. I don't really like to talk about it. I think that's a good practice. It keeps us from, keeps us being, you know, to being humble and, and not boasting about these things. But this one really applies to what I'm sharing with you today. So I'm going to share it. So it's not like I'm, you know, sharing this with you like he's all that. We're I mean, we spiritual. Ooh, look at him. He's helping people everywhere. No, um, I'm just sharing because it, it applies to what we're doing today. So a co-worker, a buddy of mine at work, he, he had a birthday. And really all he wants for his birthday is, is uh, either Mexican Coke, Coca-Cola, or, or colognes. And I'm not a cologne guy, so I didn't, I didn't want to go to the Pulga and buy any colognes. <laughs> we're downtown. So I said, I'm going to get this guy some Mexican sodas, right? Get, get him some, some bottles of Mexican Coke, you know, because it's the good stuff, if you all don't know. It's like better, right? It's made with real sugar, and it's just delicious. But... Anyway, I went to this Mexican grocery store, and as I'm walking in, um, I see an older lady standing next to like a shopping cart. Um, she's got a shopping cart full of stuff, and she's, she, she asked me if I have any money. And I was like, oh, really? Like, mira? Like the, the Holy Spirit would say, hey, mira, pure religion. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> like, do something. And, you know, I'm not always real comfortable in these situations, but, but I was, for some reason, well, I'll just tell you, the Holy Spirit, like, emboldened me right over there. So I go over to this lady, um, and she's standing there, and I say, hey, I, you know, I don't have any money. I, I, I'm sorry. I really wish I could uh, give you money right now. I don't. I said, but are you hungry? I said, is there anything I can do to, to help you? And she's like, yeah. And she was, like, real quick on it. She says, I want to, I wanna, they sell patillos in there, uh, guisado de puerco. I'm like, okay, cool. I will buy you this, this plate of food. So I go in there, and then the Holy Spirit says, you know what? She needs groceries. She needs non-perishable stuff. So I go throughout. The, I get a little cart. I go out throughout, throughout the store, and I just buy a bunch of groceries for her, right? Um, the, the kitchen was closed, so I couldn't do that. But then I walked out um, to where she was, and I, for some reason, I thought she wasn't going to be there. Like, it was just a test, but no, she was there. Um, and so I give her, you know, I give her this plate, and she's like, gracias, señor, thank you. you know, and then I said, hey, how can I pray for you? And she goes, well, let's pray right now. Orale. <laughs> I was like, okay. So the Holy Spirit was like really saying, hey, you, dude, you said be a doer. Here's your chance. So I prayed, and she, you know, she put her hand up. I was like, wow, this is, and people are walking by, and you know, I'm praying in the, just in the front of the store. So I'm praying for this lady. I pray for her safety. I pray for her provision. I pray that, uh, that just joy in her spirit, joy in her heart. Um, and, and I looked her in the eyes, and, and you can tell a, a lot of times when somebody's under the influence or there's something really, you know, dark around them. And th- this was not the case with this woman. Her eyes were clear, um, and she was a sister in Christ. Praise God, right? So she, in, I don't know if she was a widow, but she was alone and she was uncared for. So to me, that's some, you know, figurative widow that I talked about. So as she went, you know, put her hands up and surrender and, and closed her eyes, that was God's, to me, he was telling me, hey, uh, this is what I'm talking about. This is the kind of thing. Because 
as I was praying for, you know, and I, when I'm in public, I'll, I'll just confess to you right now, I kind of have an, one eye. Like, I like to be situationally aware as I'm praying, so I'm kind of, hey, Lord. Right? Just to make sure everything's cool and everything's safe, right? Because I have kids, too, and that's, that's where I'm at. So I'm praying, and then I'm, I'm seeing people walking by, and, you know, there were some people walking by, and, then, and, and uh, a family just... As I had seen, they were just ignoring her. And it was like we were, weren't even there. And I'm like, how sad is that, you know? That, that's an opportunity for people to serve someone else. So this lady, as the verse said, is, she's a, she was a sister. She was poorly clothed. She was hungry. And so it was like, bam, here's your opportunity to uh, do that. And God's going to give you these opportunities. Do you pray for these kinds of opportunities? Lord, let me serve someone today. Okay, not let me receive blessings. Let me serve and bless someone else. Because you can say, hey, you know, if, if I, I could have done, like, she's there. Ay, senora, God bless you. Mm, you know, peace. And then go the other way. Right? You say, oh, but, uh, I wouldn't do that. That's outrageous. I would never, I would serve and I would help. But let me ask you this. You have opportunities, Right? So when you see that someone needs prayer, do you ever say this? Hey, I'm going to pray for you, right? Let me, let me pray. I'll pray for you. I'll be praying for you. But do you actually pray for them or do you forget? Okay. Because in my head, if you say, I'm going to be praying for you, you need to stop what you're doing and do it right there. Okay. Don't be a spiritual procrastinator. Okay. That's not one of the things you can put off. You can put off cleaning your room, your house, your bathroom, But when you say you're going to pray for somebody, pray for them. Okay? So the point James is making in this this verse here is is that essentially your faith is meaningless um, if you don't have these kinds of acts demonstrated in your life. He's provided for your needs, so he's calling us to do the same, to be like him. And and I'm questioning, when I I put this out out there to you, I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to you. Because if his mercy that has flowed into you doesn't flow out, then what you have experienced, it's not really faith. It's like a, like a theological awakening. Like you just agree spiritually. And you're, you're essentially, you're, your faith is dead. And dead things do nothing. Can we agree on that? Something's dead, it's dead. It doesn't do anything else. They don't generate life or, or healing or anything good. Verse um, 18. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. There is a disconnect here in this verse that you're seeing. The speaker is saying that faith apart from works, you, you really can't disconnect the two. And when you try to do that, um, you're, you're doing something that's not in God's will and God's plan. So the argument here is that faith and works can be separate. Like you have faith, I have works, right? It doesn't work that way, basically. James is saying this, if I want to show you the faith that I have, I'm going to show you by what? My works. By seeing how I live, Right? Because I'll be honest with you, there are a lot of Christians out there, you'll see them online, you'll, you'll see them in life, that they're real good talkers, man. They will just hey, say, oh, they, they can quote scripture, they can do all these things, but when it comes time 
to, to just be nice, it's a whole different person. I've heard this time and time again. Okay? So when there's that disconnect in our lives, we're representing Christ very poorly. Right? We're judgy. I said it last week. We put on our judgy pants. Okay? Because we can throw scripture out left and right, and we can know all of it. But if we're not loving people, we are completely missing the boat. We're not, if we're not serving the poor, if uh, there's widows and orphans out there, and, and we're ignoring the need, like if I had ignored the need and I was walking around with a, you know, Christian t-shirt or something like that, it would have been a very poor testimony, very poor witness to the world. So it's faith in action. And faith that is living, faith that is, is not dead. It's, basically, it's this, follow me and see how I live, right? So in your discipleship relationships, as you're walking with, through with people, it's not just you sitting down, reading the Bible with them. Invite them into your life to show how you live, right? When I was a part of this church, I used to have the, have the guys over, the young men, the young unmarried men, to see how I lived, to see how I loved my kids, Okay. We, they would come over, I mean, we, we didn't do it for too long of a time, but it, w- it was a time in our lives where they would come over and they would just live with us and see, okay, how does he love his kids during dinner? How does he love his kids after work? That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. See how I live. So if I see suffering and need and do nothing about it, then my faith is meaningless. And you can say that you believe in God. You may even be able to quote some scripture. You can say, yes, I believe what Jesus did on the cross. You can believe in the Trinity. You can explain the Trinity with graphics. You can do all that. But if there is no evidence of faith in your life, then you're more like a demon than a believer. Because what does it say about demons? They believe in God and they shudder. And that's a a harsh thing for me to say, but it's true. If there is no evidence of you Having that faith in your life, you're in the same camp as, as a demon. Your, your, your faith is counterfeit. And not only is it counterfeit, it is harmful because people are paying attention to you. Do you know that? People pay attention to you at work. When the gossip starts, they're paying attention to you. Right? When the negative talk start, starts about someone else, they're paying attention to how you respond. Okay, so do not be a a counterfeit Christian. Don't be a closet Christian. Like you're here, you're Christian when you're here, right? But when you go out, you're not. And 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 I'm telling you this from my experience because I've been that person in my life. So don't believe in your mind only because you, you, what you have to know is it's not, it's not about what's in your head. Christianity is not what's in your head. Christianity is a heart that's been regenerated. That's what it is. It's not about what you know. It's about what God has done in you, regenerated your heart, brought your heart to life. Because before Christ, you are dead in your sins. Do you know that? Dead. A dead person can do nothing. It's not until God regenerates your heart, brings you to life, that you have life eternal. Verse 20, do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. 
And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. So this, this foolish person that it's, James is talking to in, in these verses here, he needs some proof. Right? Needs proof to like, okay, show me. I, I need to know what this all looks like. So James throws out Abraham. He presents Abraham as evidence of this. And, and first of all, as you're reading this, you have to understand what, what justified means in this context. Right? It's not, that, it's, not, it's not just solely saved. So it doesn't mean that Abraham was saved by his works and they had no faith at all. What it, what it means is in researching this, the word justify means to judge, declare, pronounce righteous, righteous, and therefore acceptable. In other words, his works demonstrate, demonstrate his salvation and faith. It's evidence. And it goes on to say that his faith was made complete by his works. His faith is made full by this act of obedience. Abraham's goal of, of being obedient to God was achieved because he was willing to kill his own son, right? That wasn't God's plan, but he was willing to, to go that far because he was already right with God in his heart. That's, that's, that's basically what it's saying here. His act demonstrated what was already, already there. And that's what I want to say to you um, is if you can look on someone in need and you can turn away and, and, and not bother you and the Holy Spirit not prod you, there's something wrong. Okay, you really have to question who you are in Christ at that point. If you can turn away and do nothing and be okay with it, there's a problem. All right? So he was willing to do what God was asking him to do. Abraham was. So what about you? What about me? How is our faith made complete? How are we to be called friends of God? And it's very easy to answer this question is by putting our faith into action by serving others, by loving the lost, by, by reaching out to our brothers and sisters in need, by when someone is down and they, they, you know they need prayer, by not just saying, hey, I'll be praying for you this week, and then you don't pray for them. Ask to pray for them right there and then. They may say no, but put it out there. They may say no, okay? Give you an example. This week, there was another woman who, in my, my head, was like a figurative widow at a, at a convenience store. She had two little kids, and I asked her, I said, hey, how can I help you? How can I serve you right now? Is there anything you need, ma'am? She's like, no, I'm good. I'm just waiting for my ride. I didn't help her, but I put it out there for her. You may get no sometimes. It doesn't matter. You be obedient. Verse 25, and in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. As James is illustrating the complete, uh, completion of our faith, he doesn't just pick Abraham. He picks Rahab. Do you all know what Rahab's profession was? She was a lady of the night. I'll just say that. Okay. She was a working girl. She was a prostitute is what she was. And not only was she a prostitute, she wasn't even a Jew. She was a Gentile, right? So it, this is like the last person that James should be showing, lifting up as an exemplar of 
faith and works working together. Abraham makes sense. Abraham was called by God in, in chapter 12. I'll, I'll read here in a second. He received like the, the covenant through you. We're going to bless all the nations of the earth. We'll read this in Genesis 12. And I will make of you. He's talk, God's talking to Abraham. He says, I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who honors you. I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Abraham, perfect sense. Rahab, no sense. It doesn't make any sense until you understand this one simple thing. Your position in life, how much you know about the Bible, whether you're respected or rich or degreed or good-looking or popular or well-liked, all of that means nothing. The only thing that matters is your identity in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's it. And I can say that, but then I see someone driving by with a better car than me. You know, they have a nicer house than I do. They seem to, to be taking all these trips and posting it on, on Instagrams, all these things, right? But I have to remember, it's about my identity in Christ. That, that's, that's all there is. There's nothing else that matters. Those things are nice. Those things are great. It's nice to be popular, and liked, but in the end, it's, it's about my relationship with my, with my Savior. So the only thing that matters is your faith, and, and, and your faith being demonstrated through your works, because your works don't save you. I, I, I don't want, to, want you to think, man, I need to just work harder, wow, to be saved. It's, that's not what it's about. What, what is in your heart is supposed to flow out through you in your works. That's what it's saying. And here's a very interesting thing as, as I was studying this, okay? One other thing about Rahab. Do you know who she was, like who she was related to? Do you all know who she was related to? Jesus. I always did that in kids' ministry. Every, anytime I asked a question, the answer was always Jesus. Guy, who loves you? Jesus. So the answer, when I ask a question like that, it's always Jesus. She was in the lineage of Jesus. She's mentioned there. You can go back and look in the, in, the, in the Gospels. She's in there. So two people here who seemingly have nothing in common are Jesus' like earthly ancestors. And it's no mistake that James puts them here, Abraham and Rahab. He's saying, basically, it doesn't matter where you come from. You can be highly esteemed, a man like Abraham, or you can be society's lowest of the low. You still have the same identity in Christ. So if you don't already, if you don't have this identity in Christ, I want to tell you this, is that um, the faith is real. It's pure, and it's true. And it's, it's filled with you, as you put this into action, it's filled with you serving others. I'm going to read Romans 10, 9. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be what church? Saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses is saved. It's that simple. Okay? Being a child of, of the king, it's that simple. It doesn't stop there. It starts there. Okay? And, and as, as, as you do this, as you say, Lord, please forgive me for my sins. I believe what you did on the cross for me. I believe that you rose again. Um, and, and your Lord, 
You're the Savior of my life. There's no other way. There's no other way where, where I can be saved. And you say this, however you confess this to God, God will honor that. And then he will begin the work in you because he's already started this work. Okay? That's when your works will start to come out. And church, what about you? Believers, brothers and sisters, you have faith, but do you have works? Because going back to the Apostle Paul, he says in uh, 2 Corinthians, he tells us, uh, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. We're called to examine ourselves just as Paul um, challenged them to do here in Ephesians. And kind of the background is they, they were good at going to church too. They could sing and worship, right? They could profess faith, but a lot of their lives were devoid of living, uh, having a living faith. The faith that Rahab and Abraham demonstrate in, in this uh, example that James give us, gives us. So as you examine your life, do you see a life characterized by a living faith or a dead faith? Hey, buddy, how you doing? Do others know you're a Christian? Okay, have you ever had conversations and you talk about church and someone says, oh, I didn't know you were a Christian. Oh, you, oh. ouch. Like, boom, it's a punch to the gut, right? Do they know? And it's not about uh, how many Bible tracts you hand out. And for our younger people, they used to have these little tracts, had like the plan of salvation with sometimes very scary pictures of hell in them chick tracts, you'd ha- people would hand them out and you read them, oh man, I need to change right now, right? Or, or uh, to, to modernize here, it's not how many times you, you repost a sermon or an article um, or, or you put a fictor, fict- filtered picture out of your Bible and, and your cup of coffee, right? None of that is, is, makes you a Christian. None of that shows your faith in action. It's, it's about what you do with the faith that you have, the grace that's been given to you. It's about how you love and serve others. It's about how the gospel came into your life and you can't do anything else than send that gospel out. Okay? Because it's a two-way thing. Are you aware of that with the gospel? It comes in and it goes out. That's the way it's supposed to work. If it comes in and it doesn't go out, you're like... Spiritually tapado. Can't believe I just said that. I'm sorry. You're spiritually constipated. You're keeping it in. It's not supposed to work like that. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't do the work. Are we recording, by the way? I'm sorry. But you're spiritually constipated. It don't, don't do that. Gospel in, gospel out. Everybody say gospel in, gospel out. That's the true test of our faith. We, we show mercy because we've been given mercy, right? We have faith with works. We have grace with gratitude. Some of the strongest warriors for Christ are the ones who've been forgiven much. Some of the weakest warriors for Christ are the ones that think they haven't been forgiven much. Oh, I was a good person. You know, I just, I'm just making sure, like... I was good before. I'm still good. I just, let me just say this prayer. Okay, I'm set. 
No, it doesn't work like that. You've been forgiven as much as the worst sinner, worst prostitute, worst drug user, worst criminal ever. Because if it's in your heart to murder, if it's in your heart to commit adultery, which it is, you're just as bad as anybody else. Okay? So I'm going to pray in just a second, but I, I want to tell you this. If you, if I shared with you today and you don't know, if you have an identity in Christ, you don't know who you are, you're thinking, man, I, I don't know if I have a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to be up here. Let's make sure today. Okay? I will pray with you. You're going to pray in your own words. I'm not going to say uh, uh, a, a please repeat after me thing. I want you to pray to God in your own words, if that's you today. Do not walk out of these doors unsure about your identity in Christ today. If you need prayer, you need to share some things or whatever, I'll be up here as well, okay? So I'm going to come up, uh, I'm going to come up in a little bit, I'll, I'll still be here, uh, so come up if you, if you have some things to work out, all right? So let me pray, and then I'll pray for the offering. Father God, I thank you for this word today. Lord, I feel like I stumble a lot. I make mistakes a lot. But I ask, Lord, today uh, that as I examine myself, that I have this ability to just say, you know what? I have not served this person well. I have not served that person well. I haven't sought the opportunities to put my faith in action. I pray that for everyone here today. I pray that you show them what needs to be done, who they need to reach out to, who in their sphere, who in their uh, influence they can serve and love for the kingdom. And that we can show Christ, that we can be Christians. Because that word means little Christ. It means that we imitate you, Lord. So we come today as, as uh, you know, broken people like Rahab. And we just ask, Lord, that you use us in a, in a mighty way to change this city, to change people's lives, and, and to ultimately win souls for the kingdom. Because that's our charge, is, is to, to share the gospel, to bring souls in, and to make disciples, Lord. And now I pray for the offering. And as the offering teams come up, I pray that you're working in our heart in that as well. Uh, it is a joy to give. It is a joy to, to serve through uh, giving our money to the church and the ministry. Because like it or not, we live in a world where, where things um, uh, are necessary, like money and, and, and paying for stuff. So we just ask today uh, that we would be blessed by giving and that in turn we would bless others and bless this, this ministry that we have here. All these things I pray for in your mighty precious name.